Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Now, back to Tampa Bay's number one morning show, The Mike Calter Show. It is 9.07 on the Mike Calvin Show. It's 102.5 The Bone. Another opportunity for you to win $1,000 coming up at 10 o'clock with The Bone bonus. This weekend, if you were looking for something to do, uh, Jimmy Schubert is in town. Jimmy's in the studio with us. Great to see you, man. Hey, good morning, bro. How are you? Uh, I just I listened to that uh, intro coming back, uh, and it blows up my ego, the number one morning show. Yeah. But I li- the reason why that's significant now with you is because the first time that I uh, heard of you was back on the old Ron and Ron days. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was, that was to me, that was the, I mean, that was before when I first moved here and I was in college and I didn't even know that I wanted to do radio yet. Yeah, I just, like, this was like, I had moved to South Florida in, like, 92 after, like, Kinison died. I had to get that out of L.A. and I wanted to kind of get my own thing going. Right. Came down here and Ron and Ron were doing those things. I would drive, like, literally, drive all the way and do Ron and Ron. He was yeah. supposed to put you on, but it kind of, they did Ron Bennington's Disciples of Comedy, then he was in South Florida, then he was in Washington, but now he's in a serious XM. Yeah. I'm doing, doing well. But so, so, so Sam had, what What were his things called? Sam had the, uh, the, the Outlaws of Comedy. Outlaws, right. It was, yeah. And it was you, Mitchell. Mitchell Walters, uh, Carl LeBeau, and uh, Alan Stephen. And, see, I don't even know Alan. Okay, so so now uh, he he got to rock and roll uh, status. He was a rock star, Sam. And, oh, yeah. yeah and no and uh, that was when I was a kid, and it, and it was Sam and Dice out of nowhere. Just came out and became the two big. The well, they were like, but they were both like these human cartoons. Yeah, you know? yeah. They were like bigger than life and amazing, and they were both outrageous. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Dice was like Fonzie with Tourette's syndrome, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know, Sam was like this, like uh, you know, screaming, you know, screaming Sam. It was crazy. Nothing. I mean, I in my lifetime, I'd never seen anything like Sam before with the screaming, and he was on the Rodney Dangerfield thing, and he was screaming at everybody, and he was doing the whole. Sam was the first person I saw that had no empathy for Ethiopia. Everybody was all um, uh, you know, the concerts and raising money and Sam's like, what are we doing? We're, we're giving nothing's going to grow here because it's Sam. Yeah. And I, oh, yeah, I, I was like, that. oh my god. And then Dice when I was a kid I liked the, the nursery rhymes because I was young and that was yeah. really, but then when Dice did um, The Day the Laughter Died uh-huh. yeah. That was the most outrageous thing I've ever heard in my life, and it was funny, and it made me realize what Dice was doing. Like Dice didn't wasn't just a potty mouth. No, thing. he had a he had an act, he had a thing, I mean, and he was dude, legit. Look at that guy's career. Yeah, I mean he's like he was on a Crime Story back in the day. Yep. I mean he was a he was a great established actor. I mean he had this, but I mean you know the the show he had on Showtime. He's, yeah, he's, he's seen him in that Woody Allen movie. He and he was great in that. And he was great as old Jew Dice is a good. actor. Actor. Like when you see him playing the old Jewish father, yeah, yeah, the old yeah. Italian father, he's oh, like a, Lady he's Gaga. A, in the, yeah, he uh, was Star great Wars. in that. He yeah. was great in uh, in the um, uh, the Woody Allen movie. I mean, he he really is a good 
a good character actor. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, but I mean, people. I mean, he also stood on stage before uh, you know a lot of people and sold out Madison Square Garden. I mean, that's a hard. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no there's no question about it. I mean, like you said, I, a lot of people like to label the people. You right. know, Oh, he's just this. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, there's much more to him than that. Did you? Did they? Uh, now I know most of this from from listening to Howard when I was a kid. Did Sam? And Dice really dislike each other, like because I know that they accuse well, each not, other. Well, of... not in the beginning, but you know what what had happened, and the, and the secret behind that is that uh, you know there was a place called Crest Hill behind the comedy store right. that Mitzi owned, where Paulie bo- lived. Where, where Paulie lived, right. where Paulie had the house. But before that, Mitzi owned it, okay. and it was where all the comics would stay. Like comics would come out from New York, they would stay at this place called Crest Hill. Well, certainly, if the comedy store was like the college, then the Crest Hill was the frat house. Gotcha. And then Carl had a place up there with his wife Christy. And and so and Dice was staying there, and uh, you weren't allowed to stay there with your wives or your girlfriends. It was just for the comics right. only. And so Dice kind of ratted ratted him out, and it put uh, Carl and Christie on the street. Uh, that's where the real out of my, That's where it comes from. Gotcha. And they were actually friends at one point. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They used to sit around the table up there at Crest. Well, I would think it was probably a matter of just competition alone would probably make them uh, start feuding with each other just because they're both chasing the same dream at the same time. Not Really, they really? were different enough. I mean, Sam was Sam was completely different. Than yeah, Doug. but it was who wanted to be the best, not that they were. The yeah, same. but yeah, you're right. There's a lot of yeah. egos in that comedy store. I've seen, you know, you know, you, you've you've seen the the little the little feuds go. Sure. On. Now, now, uh, I what do you now, Carl? God rest his soul, came yeah. on this show and told us the whole story about his daughter and and uh, it being Sam's daughter yeah, and all that uh, stuff. And what a crazy was Sam. Just a complete addict, or was he? Uh... No, he was. A, he was an addict. Yeah. He was a complete addict. I mean, you know, he. Uh, you know, it started when. It, you know, he he was dabbling in in drugs and alcohol before that, and then uh, when his brother Kevin uh, committed suicide, it put him over the edge. Yeah, and not that you blame the guy. I mean, no. you know, but when you start doing all that drinking and drugging, uh, you know, and then when your grief passes, you're still stuck with all those, all those bad behaviors, you know, yeah. so he, he was... Uh, were, you you know, doing a lot of, were you doing a lot of drugs, too? Uh, back in the day, like yeah. Like all of those guys? Yeah, well, it's just, I, I used to joke with my brother, it was just the availability. Yeah, right. You know, you someone always it. had it. Right, right. It, wasn't like it, was, I, it wasn't like it was out looking for it. Someone always was holding it. Like some of these guys could hold out in the shower. Yeah. I swear to God, we were coming back from the rainbow room. Why swear to God, we come back from the rainbow room. And we run this guy, Artie. Artie used to run this limo service. And it's not even, like Sam was staying at the Sunset Plaza. It's not, it may not even be a mile. And so we pull out, and we get stuck in red light. Who pulls up next to us? Artie, the limo driver. Uh, and Sam goes, hey, you got any kid in it? He goes, oh, yeah. So we're driving down Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> and Artie pulls the car close enough. We didn't even stop driving. We were driving down Sunset, pulls close, hands the bag out the window. <laughs> Sam gets the bag. And we, like, made the left. Yeah, and we, well, it wasn't even three quarters of a mile. I mean, it was just. But but you got to understand, it was like a different time period. Completely. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I, look, I'm kind of glad that I was too young for that stuff because I I, I remember I was drinking and uh, I, I never did coke or anything like that. But uh, the guys around me were throwing Percocets around, and when you give me a Percocet while I'm drinking, I feel like I'm the toughest guy in the world. I lift the house if I have to. And then, then uh, um, Chris Farley died, and I was like, "Wait a second! That's why. That's how he died too, by drinking and doing. That's why I was like, I can't do it anymore. So I know if I was running 
back in the day with a group like that, I would I would have been messed up. Well, you know, anybody doing drugs now today, you just I mean, did, did you see that story about the the, the the three comedians who died? Oh yeah, so oh, yeah. laced their cocaine with fentanyl. Yeah, and, and Kate Quigley is the one who lives. Yeah, Kate Quigley. Yeah, but uh, you know, from what I, but she's I mean, she's not out of the woods. I mean, her no. kidneys were shutting down. They had to restart yeah. her organs. I picked so, her on the death pool. I took an emergency pick. It did not come through. Oh uh, well, I'll tell you, she's very, very, very lucky. Yeah, you know, uh, she gonna get, who's gonna get in trouble for that? Well, obviously, whoever, you know, I blame the guy who threw the coke to Sam through the window. The yeah. Artie, the limo driver. Well, the the, the fact that anybody's doing, they're they're putting it in everything now. Yeah, they're putting it in everything. Like they put sugar in, and like you could look at ketchup, half that sugar, it's half that bottle of sugar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who? who uh, it's to say they put it in everything now. Yeah. So if you're if you're, so if you're you're doing that stuff, you're just asking for trouble. Yeah. I'm glad I got it out of my system. I haven't done it for years and years and years, and you know, back in the day. But holy smokes, I yeah. mean, it was certainly just a what, different time period. Where, I bet even better than the drugs was the girls around Sam. Right? Uh, yeah, because they like he was with these two Malik and Sabrina, yeah. his two sisters, and he was with both of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so which is weird because was he paying them? <laughs> I mean, he was paying them because they worked well, for him, was right? Taken. I mean, dude, it's like my grandpappy used to say: "There's nothing more." says it's a free piece of uh, <laughs> sticky, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but Sam was kind of gross sexually. Uh, yeah, well, he was like, you know, he was... A, he was he bald, was a, he had long hair, he was fat. I mean, that can't be attractive to girls. So the girls are hanging around you, you know why they're there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, he was paying he was paying their bills, for sure. So if you're running around in the rainbow room with cocaine and Sam Kinison, that must have been the fun time for girls. Yeah, well, you know, you catch the, you catch the runoff. I remember a lot of, a lot of people <laughs> trying to, like, yeah, these two girls were like, you know, gun malls. They wouldn't let anybody near them. You know, get away from the meal Right, ticket. so you got, well, I, used, so, I call it the trickle down, but you called the runoff. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I had the uh, you know I had the long hair I looked like Daryl Hall oh, back that's in the right. day. You had long hair. <laughs> I had a 29-inch waist yeah. I had a, a, a big schmeck on a lot of personality you know what I mean? <laughs> we were uh, we were uh, uh, we were uh, we, yeah, we, you did you did reveal on this show one uh, woman that you did make sweet love to uh, out of convenience one time I, I, I it was I was I don't think it was uh, if it's the story I'm thinking about it wasn't sweet love it was just a, it was the mouth to south resuscitation oh is that what it was yeah it was okay. the mouth to south resuscitation because uh, she, she, she got drunk yeah yeah <laughs> And this it, is a very famous, very famous sitcom lady star. Yeah, and and uh, and this, believe me, this was back in the, you know, this was not the, the you know, the surgery enhanced. No, no, no. no this, was was the, the, this is the fat Roseanne. Is yeah, what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm dying for her. She's been on the show. I'm dying to have her back on again. Just to ask her about that. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I didn't see her. The truth story is, she just needed a ride home. Yeah, and I didn't know where she. And I was new to L.A. too. I was renting a room in a house right. with a lady who was a member of Mensa, and part of the deal was no overnight guests and sam says hey can you give her a ride home well i'm giving her a ride home it's two o'clock in the morning yeah she doesn't know where she's at i don't know where she lives i'm, I'm at the mercy of you she goes, I don't, this is before cell phones uh, you know and, and you're in the I, hollywood hills anyway you're yeah gonna... i'm going what am i gonna do I go, I go how do we get you know and she goes well i don't know where i go i go I, look i'll give you a look you can crash on my floor but you gotta be quiet yeah, yeah. i don't get lose i get put on a, on the street so i sneak this <laughs> she's had a couple of drinks and she was having a good time she crushed though she absolutely crushed yeah, yeah. both shows she was having a blast and so i, I get her in my house and i put down like a blank in the thing and I, 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 what a gentleman here's I, the floor <laughs> and a twin bed bro okay with me i don't think the bed would have handled that actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so i was like what, what it was better than putting her on the street sure she, sure she was too drunk so here is i you know and i'm getting ready to go to bed, and you know, I'm in my boxer shorts, and I sit on the edge of the mattress. The next thing I know, yeah. yanked, and then, uh, and, yeah. it, and I don't. And the next night, 
I run into her. She goes, you know, I'd appreciate it if you didn't say it. I go, I'd appreciate it if you didn't say it. You got bragging rights. And so, and so, and so I don't see her. I do not see her for like another, for 20, like until I do yeah. a last comic standing where she's one of the judges. Oh. I have not seen her since then. And I, you know, and I talked to Marin about the story. And I told Marin because Marin knew right. the story. Marin was there. Me and Mark Marin were there. We were doormen together. He knew where all the bodies were. Gotcha, gotcha. So he knew what he wanted to talk about. Yeah. It. But you know, and then I was like, we do the show, and I go, I'm last in a six-hour tape of the 26 comedians, and I'm not even looking at the judges' table. I just want to come out. I want to have a good set. And I just crushed. And about halfway through, I just no murder. I look over and I see where Roseanne. She just kind of like points at me. Like, I remember you. You know, once you've been on the business end of the Irish Hammer, you don't. You don't say. So she points at me. I go, oh, okay, there you go. Did you ever in your life, like I know, at one point, I mean, keep in mind, she was the like most famous comedian in the world for a couple of uh, months or a couple of years. Did you ever look at the TV and look at her and go, yeah? You know, not, you not, gotta, not really, bro. It's not on my resume. <laughs> but I mean, but you know, it was. Hey, it was one night. It was like we were. I was I a know, kid. I was nineteen, and she was twenty nine oh, at the wow. time. She was like, you know, she had like, you know, it was just one of those things that happened. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't go tell her. And I and tell. And I kept my word. I didn't tell anybody. Until yeah. Many years later. I mean, she was already established. It wasn't like you know. It's not like today. You know, you get a me too situation. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you too. You too. You too. <laughs> me too. I didn't, you know, uh, no, but, you, so so how do you get um, over here with Bennington? How does that hook up? I know, I know. Well, I just I just moved down here. I, I started listening to the show like right. a lot of people. I loved the show. I thought it was a great show, and then all those characters. And I just said, you know, and um, our fu- our funny, my buddy Jeff Apeloff, yeah, I, uh, who who is but now Jeff's in L.A. Right? Jeff. Jeff's like a big show creator, isn't he? Yeah, I mean the guy literally like Jeff was one of those guys who started doing stand up with back in the day over at Haggers and he's... Jeff made money to uh Jeff came up with an idea for um a reality show a boxing reality show where the winner got to fight Mike Tyson and uh they I pitched... think he should have been a loser. No, well, <laughs> well they, they, they pitched the pitched show it, and they stole it. And they stole it and then they did it with De La Hoya and Rocky and and all that and then Apeloff sued them and won. Yeah, he yeah. stood him and won. He got. He got, it was. It was. He was actually uh, my roommate at the time. Yeah, Appleoff. Yeah, yeah, Appleoff. And, and he, well, he was coming down from San Francisco, and I just, I, you know, I had this two bedroom. I just told my kids, I said, "Bro, yeah, just hang out I, here. Why, why go? You know, like, and and because I, I knew, I saw what he was doing. Yeah. I said, "This kid's just got too much hustle." Not and and sure enough, he came down here. He, the Don't forget the lyric show, yeah. which is coming back, by the way, uh-huh. with, with Wayne Brady and Shazam. He produces both those shows. Yeah, he had a, he's Mental got a lot Samurai. of shows. I mean, he, he I see his name pop up in the credits every once in a while. Like he is just, I mean, for a guy who started as a Stand up in, in, in South Florida, and he used to run the, the Disciples show with Ronnie Bennington. Every- so it was it was Benning, it was. Let me just tell you the ones I remember: were Bennington, obviously you, Appleoff, um, Angel Wolf, Lou Angel yeah, Wolf, Angel Wolf. Uh, uh, Mitchell, and I don't know some more. I'm trying to think. I, I, these are just guys Dan like Carlson, Car- yeah, and who was, Fez, who was Larry was there, the and, and Eddie from the, Eddie from the Run Run show. Was yeah, also Fez, Eddie. Would, would do those, and it was like it was like visual radio. Like they wanted, we wanted to kind of create like this vaudeville where the show was happening yeah. all around the audience. Yeah, and we did like 12 markets down here in Florida. In I remember because then when we they did started the Tupperware Theater in Orlando, they started we, blowing up. They were Run Run. They were on Orlando. They were on in Miami. I mean, they had a they had oh, the whole yeah, state. We did this, we did this funny sketch called the Great. Quadriplegia, uh-huh. 
with Carl LeBeau, uh, where he comes out. Was you know, I, I can wheel him out. I'm wearing a tuxedo, and Ronnie's going to interview. He goes, we have a lot of special people on the show. And this next gentleman we came around, and he's uh, the great quadrupleos. He's the only quadrupleic magician working today, and I would wheel him out the wheelchair, <laughs> and he had the wizard's hat on, and I would step away and I would do the trick, and he would go, da da, and you know, I, I produced the, and you know, because I used to do magic, and I would make a dove appear, and the bird almost landed on his head, and then, uh, and in the end of it, we pull off a blanket, says a great quadrupleio with a wheelchair hanging off the end, and we get the great disappearing wheelchair illusion, where he's sitting in the chair, we pull up the thing, he folds it, slides under the curtain, and he's laying around, da da, but it was like, it was like that kind of comedy was always like it was sketches and stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, uh, it was really fun to do, man. It was a really. Uh, ben- Bennington bothers me because uh, just when you think it like fade out, you listen to him and you just realize, uh, like I'm working so hard to do this and make this work. And he just is just an effortless genius. I mean, man, he's such a great broadcaster and he's a great interview. Like if you watch his, his like he's yeah. got like five shows and I mean, Ronnie is uh, amazing. Like you know, he's hilariously funny, but man, does he know uh, his craft? And what a great team. Between him and Diaz, they were like two opposite guys, but they were both dudes, and it just worked out. It worked out perfect, man. Yeah, well, he's had to do. You know what the thing is? It's impressive. Like people, you know, you stand up comedy stuff. I mean, radio is tough as, as well. Yeah. I mean, you're like, like it's a well, it's a tough business to break into, tough business to stay in, to maintain. And, and that's ba- a hard yeah, and thing. Yeah. And, and Bennington's done that in like five or six different markets, and finally settled in Syria. Bennington, well, Bennington went on and in his career and did it in all these markets, and is still going. And uh, Diaz did it all the way up until he and successfully until he retired. He remained the godfather of Tampa Bay Radio. So both those guys, uh, yeah. great run together, and then a great run separately. Uh, separately yeah, yeah, no question about and it. And of yeah. course, the the loss of Fez th- this year. Yeah, and who would have thunk? You know, who would have thunk that that like you know Ronnie's back doing stand up? I mean, yeah. that's how he initially got into it. Was doing stand up at the Bennington Club at the Howard Johnsons over yep, here, yep. and. And then he he started doing radio so he could promote his shows at the club. Right. And then he went full on radio, and now he's back doing stand up with Creeps and the Kids. And yeah. then, you know, and just uh, Ronnie's just one of those guys. He's a great guy, man. He, I wanted to crack him so bad. We had him on the podcast, and like Calvin Kelly, and I was like, I, I mean, this is. I mean, I've talked to Ronnie and met him a million times, but. I got him in an interview situation now, and I got questions for him, and I've never been shut down by a guest ever. <laughs> I, I talked to him, and I, I was like, and he's like, listen to me. He's like, listen, I don't need any more friends. I don't want to know anybody else. Like, I, he just shuts everybody out. And then right when things were getting hot, he goes, hey, boys, you said an hour. It's been an hour, and he just shuts off the <laughs> He just fails out of the interview. He's the, he just doesn't care about anything, man. But one thing that he did say during I asked him, I go, who's... Who is your best friend? Who do you hang on? He said, my best friend is uh, Fez Watley. And yeah. he said, Fez is the, who I've been friends with the longest, and he's the only one I trust, and, you know, he's my family, and blah, blah, blah. So it was just, it was sad that we lost Fezzy this year. Yeah, it was really, I mean, he was, you know, we go back all the way to the Disciples of Comedy, yeah. and that, that was one of, like, six people that I, you know, grew up with, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, and hilariously, rough, there was nobody funnier than Fez. No, I mean, that it, guy, it was unbelievable uh, how yeah. they, everybody played such a different role and was all great. I mean, from Fez to Flipper to Fez Eddie, all those guys. Yeah, DL. yeah. I mean, you know, the nature boy, yeah. the nature. I mean, it was just... put that on paper and tell somebody what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm going to do this Ric Flair bit where yeah. I just start screaming and you're like, oh, oh no! It was, and then you hear it, was, it and you're like, it was a staple. Yeah, it was a staple in the discipleship. He would open the discipleship with with the, the nature boy, and and he was a great guy. And, you know, he just. Uh, 
Uh, I, I feel bad, man. It was like it was a. This has been a real tough year for like you know like. Uh, yeah, the disciples are dropping. You better, you better hang in yeah, there. Yeah, probably get some life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, it just. Uh, Were you ever married? No, man. I, I mean, really, I, I, I came close. I was yeah. in long-term relationships with uh, several women I would have married. Right, right. right. Uh, it just didn't work out. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, Smart. And, Usually, you maintain until it dies off. You don't well, have to pay anybody for the rest of your life. Well, yeah, but that's well. Look, look, it's just a bad deal. Yeah, it's a bad deal. It's a bad deal for the breadwinner. Like, like you know, what, how about this? You know, how about you keep what you took when you came to the thing, and I kept what I had. Right. I mean, right. Why does it? Why does it? Why are you going to get everything yeah. for the or half like, of my everything? Well, no, it's just it's just a bad deal. Yeah. And for what? Yeah. For what? Every time, like, it's like, you know, I was talking to Bill Burr about this. I, I think maybe he did it, but it, but it was like every time you get a tax break, it should be a red flag. You get married, red flag. Right. You get a house, red flag. Right. Uh, you have kids, red flag. You know what? It's just, it's just, you get all these you know, tax breaks like this incentive to get on the yeah. to get on the to get on the the, the, the wheel yeah. and run like the the, the, the the race. You know, it's it's. Uh, if you just joining us, this is Jimmy Schubert who is here with us. Jimmy is going to be at Side Splitters this weekend at nine six zero eleven ninety seven, or sidesplitterscomedy.com dot com, where you can go online and actually pick the tickets, pick the seats where you want to sit, and go check it out. Um, and these uh, you've been doing this for a long time with these young these young guys who are. Superstars now. Uh, you're. It's, I always see them give nods to guys who've been around to you, to Dom Irera. Yeah. Uh, it's it's weird how you still get in those in those clicks, man. Those guys still they'll love you. Well, yeah, because I've been doing it for a long time. It's like you know, and I've also been a lot. Like Sebastian was coming up. I was in carriage Sebastian. I always said, man, you got something here. Like you know, you you kind of like you know, you don't realize how much that. That goes with these guys. I oh, mean, yeah. these guys was waiting tables at the you know Four Seasons and trying to come over on a break and do a spot at the yeah. comedy store so he could, could could make it. So it's like you know, uh, I mean, that's the comedy store is like a family. You know, yeah. it's really tough when you see. Oh, you, did you love that special that they did the, the documentary? Yeah, I was in it. Yeah, I yeah, I'm saying I thought it came out great. Yeah, I, I thought Mike Bynum was like his love letter to Mitzi Shore in the yep. comedy store. Well, it was. It was, uh, you know. Um, it, it was I. I mean, I know the store and I know the situation and all that. But it was great to see guys like, like how far back Letterman and those guys oh, were. Oh yeah, you know? that's that's yeah, that's what people don't realize. I, so many people's careers came out of there. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because I'm doing this weekend here at the store. That's why I moved to like Delray. I moved to Florida to get out. I thought, well, I'll be having a little bit of time, a little more time here. I'm busier here. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally, I got to do my, we're doing a special Sunday show for a benefit show for the therapy dogs for uh, vets with the PTSD. Oh, that's great. So if people come out on the Sunday show, the, the money goes to a great cause. And then we get the Thursday, Friday, Saturday shows. But then I go back for one day, I got to jump on a plane and fly to Vegas, and I work on a film for about six six days. Oh, out. what are you doing? Yeah. Listen to that. What are you working on? What kind it's of a, it's actually, believe it or not, I'm going to pitch it to you and try to make it not sound like that. Right. But it's called Don't Suck. And it starts <laughs> with this comedy scene in, in, and they're shooting, uh, they're going to be shooting in Vegas, but it's it's about these comedians, and it's the, some guys are. There's one comic played by Jamie Kennedy, who's like the comics comic, right. and you get all these people coming up, and there's people doing guest sets, and one of the kids is, is doing this like vampire character, so but he's doing these references in 1642. Uh, it's not very funny, he, but you know, he, you know, and, hey, don't suck, don't suck you before you go out on stage. And the guy says, well, listen, he goes, why don't you, uh, you know, uh, why don't you take me on the road? He goes, I'll tell you what, I'll give you three grand on top of the money. You don't got to pay me nothing. I'll do all the driving. And Jamie Kennedy's like, well, yeah, sure, whatever. And the kid's horrible, yeah. but but he does this like vampire character. Well, it turns out the kids actually 
a real vampire. Jamie catches him shooting. <laughs> he's shooting blood in his arm like heroin. And he goes, no. He goes, you're shooting heroin. He goes, no. He goes, you don't understand. I got, I got, I got this blood disease. That's pretty funny. And, and it turns out. And, it, and Jimmy Kane, you know, and, and tells the kid, that, well, then, well again, just go up and be yourself. And yeah. so the kid's on stage. He does this thing where he kind of flicks his thumb and there's fire, fire on his yeah, thumb. Yeah. And, and this guy goes, say it to my face, you idiot. And the guy goes, I just did. <laughs> and then they, poof, he's gone from behind. And he's standing right in front of the guy's uh, face. And he turns to a bat, flies around, <laughs> and then, poof, he's back behind the mic. And someone videotapes it, goes viral. Uh, and now now the shows are selling out. <laughs> this, kid's blow, this kid's blowing up. And, and this, that, and the other thing. And, and all of this is to open Russell Peters, who's also in the oh, movie, and he's opening Russell Peters' new uh, Netflix thing. That's funny. And so they bump Jamie down to doing the warm-up, uh. and the vampire kid actually gets the gig. <laughs> and then, Did Jamie write this? Uh, no, oh. a guy named Rick D'Elia wrote it. Okay. Uh, comic, a good friend of Bobby Kelly's out of Boston. Uh -huh. uh, comic uh, that, that lives in Vegas, and. Um, and they get into a, an accident, like a flaming twisted wreck, and the Jamie Kennedy character is dying. Uh -huh. Like, he says, hold on. And the kid's are like, hold on, hold on. And, and he actually has to bite him and turn him into a vampire. <laughs> and so it comes in later, and so he's doing his stand up. But it's actually, it's like a dark comedy. But that's it's pretty actually, good. That's but good, but it, it's, it's hard to come up with original ideas these days. That's no, pretty but original. That, that's pretty original. And it's I read it. Like, if you I, like to be pitching it, well, you go, oh, that sounds like a stupid movie. But if you read it, it's so well written. Yeah. I go, I could totally see this. And uh, there's some great characters in it. And uh, I get to play the talent man. I'm Jimmy Kennedy's talent man. That's funny. So I get, I get about six days worth of work on that. It's going to be fun to do. You know him well? Uh, I know he's, he grew up in, like, in my area. He grew up he, in, we love him. Yeah, he's great. We, we, I love Jamie. Uh, he, every time he comes on the show, he's never let us down. He's always been a good guest. Yeah, he's, he's got great stories. He's yeah, a he, good dude. Yeah, he's, he's great. I, I love his, like, he's, you look at his IMD page. Oh, yeah. That guy has worked. He's a worker, worked, for sure. And worked and, and had some original ideas and heckler. And he just doesn't he just doesn't stop. I yeah, mean, no, he no. He's definitely. So, yeah, that was one of the things why I said, he goes, I said, who's in it? He said, Jamie Kennedy. All right, I'm in. Yeah. But also, Russell Peters signed on the play. Russell Peters, typecasting. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it's it's funny. And uh, Russell, I saw Russell at the West Palm Beach Improv. He goes, I'm only doing it because me and you will have a scene again. I go, I love it. Because <laughs> Russell awesome. took me to, to India before the pandemic oh really yeah he was the judge the year i was on last comic stand yeah but he goes uh, you want to i opened for him in vegas and he goes uh, listen what are you doing uh, on these dates and russell's like notorious for like helping a bunch of comedians they say he's one of the most generous people i gotta ever. tell you bro absolutely true one of the nicest guys in yeah. showbiz you know, because yeah, he goes come to India and do my shows. Like, if you're in India, yeah. I go, yeah, I'll go to India. Yeah, and I imagine over there he is like the Elvis. Oh my God, yeah. he's like Elvis, bro. He's like yeah. the Beatles and Elvis, all wrapped into one. Uh, and sure. to see him with his fans and they love it. And the, the interesting thing is because you really you're dealing with a crowd. First off, English is not their first language; right. it's like their second language. And and they're not really comedy fans. Like comedy, like jazz music, is kind of a like uniquely American art form. Yeah. Over there, Russell's been going over that market and cultivating it for so long that they've actually turned into comedy. I mean, yeah, I, so, I always wondered about that because, especially for American comics, like I, well, Pablo Francisco used to run this show that was like in Iceland or something. I'm like, how does that even happen? How do you? And and if you're going over dude, to, yeah, I've been to China three times. Yeah, like how is how is that? You're doing these. They, 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 people don't realize there's like these. Uh, 
like communities of expats, like right. twenty five thousand uh, English speaking yeah, people that's from Canada, said, yeah. South America, and they're over there teaching English to the Chinese, and they have nothing to do, and yeah. so they bring over American comedians, and I could you get the trip to China of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can speak Chinese. <laughs> I can say uh, how much for a handy with no eye contact, <laughs> four different languages, enough to get me around the globe. Uh, no, but it, uh, but uh, I've been to China three times, at, like Hong Kong and Singapore, and have done a whole little uh, a circuit over there three years. But I just like. You know, yeah, like a, COVID hit. What that, a great way to see the world, though. Yeah, dude, yeah. I went to Afghanistan with Drew Carey for the troops and doing shows for you know the. Oh, oh, man. I always say I'm glad I'm glad that I'm at this level of talent because I don't want to be this level because then you have to start doing shows in Afghanistan. Well, no, I just I just wanted to do it for the for the troops. So I figured. Well, yeah, but like the troops don't want to see me. Like that's where I'm glad I'm low enough where the troops don't care about me. Because if they call me one day and said, "Hey, we want you to do your radio show live," you can't say no to that. I'd be like, "Okay, I'll go." But the truth is, I'm too much of a pussy. I'm scared of that stuff. Yeah, well, I was. Uh, yeah, I tell you, I tell you, it was a little nerve wracking. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, we're on this, we're on this uh, Alpha Class Chinook, one of those double propellers. Right, we got an Apache Escort. And I'm sitting next Slams to, down and lands. Say, yeah, I'm sitting next to Drew Carey, and they're firing these countermeasures off the back. I'm going. Like, what are you out of your mind? Yeah, what, are you, yeah. what are you bored? Uh-huh. What are you? What are you, what are you, what are you? You're worth millions of dollars. What are you doing? What kind shop, of chopper in a war zone? You cha- what and, guilt do you have for success that you're making us do this? <laughs> that's the that's the problem. Well, you know, he used to be a marine. Oh, I didn't know. No, that. yeah, he was a reservist for like six years, and and so he always felt like this obligation. Obviously, I mean, uh, great, and, they, and you couldn't go with a nicer guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about. I mean, he would be like right up there with Russell Peters as one of the nicest guys for like. Just signed every autograph, took every picture, yeah, talked to everybody. Dude. I mean, man, it's uh, unbelievable. But yeah, you're right. You get those trips out of it. So, I mean, there's only a couple of places I, I haven't been that I would like to go, but I'm going to wait until see what happens. But Where, I, what are you thinking? Where do you want to go? Like, I'm trying to think about this, too. I'm like, I'm 50 years old now. I could, I could die in the next 10 years. i got to try and do everything I want to do now. Well, I think Italy would be one. You've not been to Italy. You've no, been to been China to, three been, times. You haven't been to Italy. I've been to Kosovo and uh, you know oh, you the Netherlands, right, you Brussels, Germany. Yeah, like uh, Italy and uh, and maybe uh, I, I think I'd like to play some golf in Scotland. Yeah, uh, Australia. I, I was actually up on the list, but after what I've seen on the news, you can go. You can go down on down. I got a shock <laughs> attack. This guy goes from the uh, ankle. I uh, keep trying to pitch vacations to my wife, and it's it's got to be something that. She's into too, you know. And uh, now my kids getting involved. My daughter watches this show, this YouTube show from Australia. So now the whole family's on Australia. I'm like, I've been asking you bitches to go to Australia for ten years. Now all of a sudden, everybody wants to go to Australia. Yeah. The worst time ever to go. Yeah, I went to Aruba, and it's like you had to get tested before you left. You had to get tested while you were there. Uh, you had to test it before you get back. I'm going. So it's like it's like it's like, and, and now it's so funny because they got they got like a big. Big outbreak was on one of the places not to like not to visit now. Oh great, I'm going there right after Christmas. Are you really? Did you do comedy down there? Yeah, they for Ruby Ray. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, right. Ruby Ray. Are you doing? Yeah. So, are you doing with Bobby Kelly? Yeah. Oh, you have a blast, man. That's a great little gig. It's right. In the, it's right in the hotel. Yep. And the, and the hotel's right on the beach. <laughs> the food's great. I know, I'm you lay out there, it. you get some nice sun. The water's warm. You take yeah. a jet ski out, but you're close to the equator, so you will you'll brown up real quick. Yeah, that's what I heard, man. So that's good. Going in December, so nice. Yeah. yeah Good time, good time of year to go. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Schubert is here with us. He's going to be at Side Splitters tonight through Sunday. Sunday is a, a charity show. Uh, that's cool that you're doing that. Uh, it'll be an opportunity for you to go out and see him. I highly recommend one of the best professional, funniest comedians you've seen. Uh, I was. I should have looked. Why, I saw you something recently in a movie that I can't remember what it was. What's a uh, what's uh, uh, Go Coyote Ugly one hour no, photo? Oh, I did see you recently in Coyote Ugly too. 
Ah, it was something you were like in a suit, and I was like, oh yeah, that's Schubert. I don't know. I forget. I always I think of these things when they happen. I'm you like, know, I got to bring that up. When he's yeah, here. you know it's funny. I, I, I'm lucky enough to do these, these these little get a little part here, a little part there. I was on Entourage like a, a bunch of times. Did like 15 episodes of King Queens. You know that? I think that's what it was. I was rewatching Entourage. I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, and so uh, but lucky enough to do that those kind of things. And I you know and I, it's and a I, fun it's fun experiences to have. Yeah, you know? I, it's so funny. Talk about Appleoff. I'm getting ready to do. I got a. I got audition and got entourage. Really tough show to get on, by the yeah. way. Oh, I mean, and because it was yeah, huge. The, yeah, 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 you had to, you know, so went in, audition and nailed it. And uh, you know, there's also about 300 people going on. That's why I get upset when was, you know, he's got a YouTube channel. Anybody can have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> 500 guys going up for a tiny part. Freaking entourage again. Uh, so uh, so Appleoff comes with me, and he's hanging out with me because it's his favorite show at the time. Yeah. And they wind up putting him in the seat. Oh, really? They wind up on oh, the that's episode. so funny. He goes, Schubert, this is the greatest thing in my life. Because we used to watch the show. Yeah. And then you wind up getting a part on it. How great is that to get a part in a show that you love? Yeah. No, it's killer. Yeah. There, there was this modeling agency down here in the 90s, and uh, a guy hit me up, and he go, hey, I got uh, I think I had some auditions I want you to go on. There's this show I think you'll like. And they're looking for Italian guys. I was like, all right, whatever, model guy. Like, I just didn't know. It was Sopranos. He was like, they're always looking for extras. They're looking for Italian-looking guys for extras. I, I would kick myself in the ass now yeah. forever. That would have been the best opportunity ever. Well, it's funny because, you, you know, you go, like, I just got a letter from, uh, like, you know, screen actors. Good. Like, I've done enough acting work. I mean, kids shows like Zeke and Luther and all those things that you do, and you don't realize how much work you do. And yeah. then they say, oh, yeah, by the way, you have a pension oh, when you're wow. ready to go. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, but, I mean, you know, being a stand-up, it's nice. Yeah, you know, yeah to have some sort of pension coming in yeah yeah but uh but it's Good like, for you yeah but uh it's crazy but uh well look i'm glad you had a uh, success welcome back to florida yeah man thanks for having me on man i, I appreciate it and if uh, people want to people can go get my new album which is uh, zero tolerance which hits number one on the itunes charts so you can check that out and also zero tolerance is a stand-up special it's available on my website at jimmy com. and people give me a follow on all the social medias it's jimmy schubert uh, S-H-U-B-E-R-T, like the theater. Yeah, and if anybody, uh, you know, if you're like me and you grew up in this area and you're a Ron and Ron fan, you know Jimmy from back in the day. And I always give love to those guys for creating one of the most influential radio shows, certainly on my career, and uh, me a treat getting to hear you on that show and now have you on my show. I appreciate you coming in today. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Jimmy's Jimmy's great uh, to talk to, but he's a hilarious comedian so go see him uh, at side splitters this weekend we will take a quick break it is the mike Calt the show this is 1025 the bone you're listening to tampa bay's most join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.